the doctors can't do nothing but add pills to your shelf. Understand that you can heal yourself. When all that pain got you numb and you can't feel yourself. Understand you gotta heal yourself. When the world lying to you, just keep it real with yourself. And understand that you can heal yourself. When you hit rock bottom and wanna kill yourself. Don't give up, you can heal yourself. Uh, so many weapons formed. So much damage from the storms. But it ain't no time to mourn. Lord knows I'm tired, but I ain't got no time to yawn. Finding pieces of my broken heart that I ain't know was torn. I had to heal myself, these verses like Neo Spawn. And who the hell said it was darkest before dawn? Fatigue, but I can't sleep, I'm up before my alarm. Balancing this weight on my shoulders with both my arms Tell my friends I can't come over, it's too much to overcome Speaking life into myself, the pain rolling off my tongue I run it glad I can't feel it, or jail got me numb Ain't nobody love me better, I'm feeling like Shaka Khan Who will let them salon, face in my palm Don't let the sun kill your grass, cause you ain't watering your lawn I'm indebted to so many, forever we share a bond I know what I became, but what more could I become? Lost my dad, then my mom, three uncles and my cousin. But ain't no days off from a father and a husband. Shantae takes me all the time to check my mental health. So does Ashley and Amanda when I'm feeling by myself. Somehow I'm still feeling by myself, so I just pray. Chaz hit my line just to ask me if I'm straight. Just got nope. off the phone with Nick, and I got messages nope. from Trey. Me and Rick cried together because we ain't know the words to say. I understand that a month later heard some good news. He getting transplanted. First time I feel joy in a while, tried to relax. He told me doing surgery, both his lungs collapsed. Despite all the obstacles, he finally got released, but he on oxygen until his lungs get better approximately. A month later, I text him on his birthday. Couple months after that, he died in his birthplace. Honestly, I'm scared. All these prayers that I said, and the ones I prayed for the most, the ones that end up dead. Ham committed suicide, Lay committed suicide. Welcome back. Welcome back, people. Yeah, man, we should have played that. Welcome back. Yeah, at, man. At Pastor Mace. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like we've been we've been out using that good PTO, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a minute. Good little break. Yeah, it was, it was needed. A lot, lot of things that, that happened, man. Just, just uh, in twenty twenty four. Man, I'm telling. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man. Um, you know, uh, happy to be back. Uh, we, we hope y'all missed us. Uh, so. Uh, we back and, and ready to get it get, get it kicking, man. So uh tonight it's just me and Matt. So of course we got some uh some new guests uh lined up for y'all in the coming mm-hmm. in the week to come. So uh stay tuned for all that. But like I said, tonight um we're gonna get into you know uh some topics near and dear to us uh that knocks on everybody's you know those steps, no matter you know who you are. Um, and that's uh just dealing with grief and uh loss, man. So, you know, we're coming out of well, we in a time right now where 
you know, it's that it's it's that it's that time where like people start to feel, you know, um, feel like they uh you know don't have anybody to talk to and you know and all that and uh, especially going right after the holidays. So uh, we just want to touch on that a little bit tonight and uh, share a little bit of our personal experiences. So. Yes, sir, man. But before we do that, hey, let's get in, let me let me go and play this mission statement real quick. Yes, sir. Well, may not. Turn the volume back up. The we got sticks and stones. It's to showcase the stories of individuals and organizations making a positive impact in our community and beyond. Through our podcast, we aim to inspire, inform, and connect our listeners with the people and ideas that are shaping the world for the better. Our focus is on highlighting the diverse voices and perspectives that make our community unique and sharing the stories of those who are working to make it an even better place to live, work, and visit. Join us as we explore the people, places, and ideas that are transforming the world, one conversation at a time. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. Hey, you're a professional, man. Hey, I've been working on a little bit. You're you're pro's pro, man. (laughs) Nah, man. What you been up to, though, bro? You know, it's been a minute, man. I know we've been chopping it up, but, you know, not on camera, not. Just, man, just just, just chilling, man. Still moving and grooving, you know, uh, trying to uh, learn and grow, man, and uh, doing everything I need to do to try to make 2024 one of the best ones ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Y'all still snowed in? Yeah, just a little bit, man. It's uh, it's cleared up just a little bit. We got a little rain today, and uh, you know, and uh, so glad glad for these kids to be going back to school, man. Boy, I already know they they ain't gonna they ain't gonna remember nothing, but they going. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this this was longer than the Christmas break. Yeah, I feel that we didn't get too much down here. Like they was out one day. Uh, yeah, snow like probably like around the same time it started there, but it was just I think like that Sunday or Monday, and then they was out of school one day and went right back. Snow cleared right up, so hopefully it stay where it's at. We don't need no more. Yeah, it, you know how you know Ocean how it went up. Yeah, you know how it go down here, man. Everything shut down. People, you yeah. know, can't drive. You know. Mm-hmm. Folks who got their license from the pawn shop, it showed, you know. So, <laughs> the pawn shop. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you know they sell the driver's license at the pawn shop, man. Yeah, yeah you telling me something. <laughs> you telling me something, Jack. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, so, um, we ain't gonna hold y'all on tonight, you know. But uh, like I said, we definitely wanted to, uh, you know. Uh, come back and just, you know, uh, talk and, uh, you know, just share, you know, y'all hear from, you know, uh, two men who are, uh, have a lot of experiences, you know, dealing with grief and loss. And, uh, you know, we, we ain't, I guess we're going to get this disclaimer out. We ain't saying how we deal with what we deal with is the best way, but you know, it's how we deal with it. It's how we process it. So, yeah, um, I ain't telling you to do nothing. I'm just telling you what I did. Yeah. Um, so you know what I'm saying telling yeah. you my experience. This ain't for you to do. You can feel free, but 
you know what it is, what it is, bro. I don't know what my notes said, but I don't really, I don't need them. Yeah, man. So, um, man, you know, um, like, I guess when I think about, you know, grief, when I think about, you know, loss, um, automatically start thinking about, you know, the, the significant, you know, people that I've, you know, lost. Yeah. So, um, I know that, um, you've, you know, went through a situation that I've, I have not experienced, you know, losing both parents. Mm-hmm. And I know you talk about it, uh, in the song and you've talked about it a couple of times, you know, since we've been doing, uh, the show, but, you know, um, in your own way, like just kind of share what, um, you know, like, I guess kind of what happened, you know, uh, to your mom, to your dad, uh, and, you know, the, the part that you had to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, that whole, that whole little time frame when that happened back in beginning, um, we were home before we were moving to Washington. So kind of like on vacation. And uh, my dad was like in and out of the hospital while we were home. Of course, he had been paralyzed for a long time because he had a stroke a long time ago or whatnot. But during that time period, he was in and out of the hospital, came home right before we left or whatever. So we get back to Washington. My, I think we there for like three days. And on my first day to work, my mom called me like, yo, uh, I'm in the hospital. So I'm like, what? So she FaceTimed me and she like, yeah, I think I had a stroke, but I'm not sure. Like I just, my, my hand was feeling numb, the left side of my face feeling numb or whatever. So she was like, I think I had a stroke, but I'm all right. So I'm like, all right, cool. We talked. I went to work, came back, talked again. But prior to that, like the day before, my dad had went back to the hospital. I think it was a couple of days before or something. So, you know, she was up there with him, checking on him. And then she and this thing, you know, they both at Baptist. So the nurse is giving her updates while she in there. And then she, you know, doing whatever she need to do to make adjustments or tell them what they need to do for him for the right care. Um, so he had COVID, turns out. And then a couple of days later, so I talked to her a couple of times a day, you know what I'm saying, every day for like three days and the second, you know what I'm saying, like the second day we were talking, she was like, hey, they ran a test. I didn't have a stroke, came back, I, I got COVID. So I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, basically they were just saying like, the first couple of days it was cool. Then like the third, fourth day she started coughing, had to get on the breathing machine, um, whatnot. And uh, during that process, it was just, it got to the point to where like when she would take it off, Basically, like when I would call, they would say, "Well, you she really is is hurting her. If she had to take this off the top. So you know what I'm saying. You don't have to start talking to the nurse for the updates instead of FaceTiming her or whatever." So I'm like, "All right, cool." So we do that, and then start talking to the nurses, and then the nurse tell me, "Uh, I don't know. It just kept getting worse. Like I can't remember." All of that part, yeah. or whatever, right? 
But uh, during that process, I get home from work one day, I get a call from the hospital, getting an update on my dad. And they was like, hey, uh, no longer has COVID, but um, there's really not much more they could do. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to make a decision to put him on hospice. And your mom being incapacitated right now, you know, it's up to you on what you want to do. So uh, I made that decision to put him on hospice. And um, I, the nurse was like, okay, I'm gonna send you some paperwork to fill out, fill it out, send it back, and then uh, we'll get the process started. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I knew what that was. I knew what was coming with that. And later, before he got moved to hospice, he transitioned. So she called me back, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to inform you, your dad transitioned or whatnot. So at that point, we again updates from the doctor by my mom. They asking, or just, I don't know, it wasn't getting better for her, basically. Uh, she Her oxygen was low. And then at some point, it got to the point where the breathing machine was too abrasive. And that, it was like a battle between getting oxygen and kidney failure. Mm. And it was like a back and forth. So they had to start CRT um, for her to do dialysis. So she was doing dialysis, breathing, and it was just back and forth. Like too much of one, too much of the other, you know what I'm saying? It'd be bad. And then uh, anyway, in the process of all that, you know, we making arrangements to come home with my dad transition. So uh, we get back. And shit, really, everything was a blur. Like that, uh, I remember when we started this show, and we talked about some of this stuff. That's where the whole insurance stuff came from, and all of the, the conversations yeah. I was having because, like, I didn't know where anything was. And my mom is the person that I go to. Like, you know, what I'm saying, "Hey, where is this? Where is that?" And for that matter, everybody in the family. So it's like, where. You know where the insurance paperwork where the documents whatever so i can start making arrangements for the funeral and couldn't find shit. just completely tore the house up looking forward didn't want to be in the house yeah be in like not scared but just uncomfortable like you know right. what i'm saying this ain't the same this don't feel like the same place i grew up in you know yeah. what i'm saying don't know what's gonna happen with the house so, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, we just went to the funeral home, uh, made made arrangements or whatnot, set up um, set up everything, got everything in order. Then eventually, I found the insurance paperwork or whatnot. But it was tough because my mama knew all that stuff was. Nobody else did. So um, in that process, you know, by day, wake up, go check on my mom come back, go to the funeral home, leave there, go uh, find something for my dad to wear, you know what I'm saying, make sure everything's straight, go back to the hotel, work on the obituary, go back to the hospital, come back, work on the obituary. And then, like, at some point, uh, you know, all that happened, we had my dad's funeral or whatever, and then we had the funeral. Uh during the whole process, I was back and forth to the hospital, back and forth to the hospital. So 
Um, I'm trying to remember it all correctly too, because it's so much that was going on, and I was just like out of my mind, trying to, you know, stay focused on the task. Yeah. And, uh, the plan was like, all right, you know, let's document the funeral. So you know, we had the cameras and everything. I had April uh, record so that we could, so that my mom could have some closure. Yeah. Because, you know. You, it's like you go to sleep and you wake up and shit, the, the person you've been beside for the last however long is no longer there and you don't have no re, no explanation, no nothing. So that was the whole thing, documented that or whatever. And uh, at some point, I was, you know, that was over. All right, cool. So I'm just back at the hospital. But I had just started back work. So it was like, all right, I'm going to have to go back. And then I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to go back to Washington and then I'm probably come back on my own because the kids getting ready to start school. Uh, everything is new for us there. So we don't really know what's going on other than I had just went to work. And uh, so during that process, man, like I remember the night before we got ready to leave. We were supposed to leave. I don't know if it was, I don't remember what day it was. But it was the night before we were supposed to fly back to Washington, right? So I'm at the hospital. I think the kids was with our cousins. And uh, Nikki was with me. So at the time, she was in the car because they was only letting one person in. Got to be masked up at certain times. You know what I'm saying? All that. So I go up there. I spend some time with my mom. Uh and at some point during that whole process, I don't remember if it was that night. It wasn't that night. But at some point, she woke up and, not, like, they was like, her health is declining and it's getting worse, not looking good. And then one point I was there, she woke up, she looked, they gave me the uh, the microphone thing. I talked to her through the glass. And the whole conversation was really like, uh, on that song, it's not clear because I recorded my phone through the other microphone thing that they gave me outside the glass. So that's why it's like so muffled because I couldn't go in the room. And uh, basically she was asking me like, how my daddy doing? She's like, how your daddy doing? And I'm like, uh, huh? Cause I don't want to lie. You right. know what I'm saying? Like my daddy gone already. Yeah. Out of here. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure out, damn, do I lie? And if I lie, is that going to, Send her into some type of shop that I don't want her to have to go through right now. And I had consulted with the doctors, and they was like, you know, just wait till she a little better. This was prior to the funeral and all of that. So, uh, so she like, how your daddy doing? I'm like, huh? And she was like, basically, like, nigga, how your daddy doing? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I said, how your daddy doing? And I was like, he all right. And I went, I didn't even look at. Her. I was like, he all right. And then. She said, he ain't dead, is he? And mm. I was like, nah. And then it was like she woke up in that moment. She, It felt like she knew. And it felt like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It was just different. It was a crazy experience. I got the video, but I just, you know, I watch it from time to time. But it's, uh, it was crazy because... She it was like she knew, and then she asked me that, and she was like, He ain't dead, is I'm like, nah. And then the next thing she said 
but she ain't talk to me no more after that. It was it was a wrap. She told the nurse, "It's cold in here," and the nurse was like, "You can hear that on the song too." She was like, "It's cold." The nurse was like, "You cold? I'm gonna get you some blankets or whatever." And then that was it, and she ain't talked no more after that. And then uh, the night before we got ready to fly back, it was uh, like we was at the hospital, and they was like, "Hey, um, you know, she she's stable, uh, whatever." Like, cool, we're gonna go get something to eat. We're gonna come back this time. I'm driving her truck, my mom's truck. Um, I had took the rental back, driving her truck. So, we get ready to go to dang, I don't even know the restaurant. One of the restaurants in South Haven over there that we was gonna try. Uh, some grill, I forgot the name of the joint. It's one of them newer joints over there, though, by uh, Grill House, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Over there by uh I can't even think Snowden Grove over there, yes. over that way, down the street. So we go over there. I think it might be Capitol Grill or something like that. But anyway, whatever it is, we went over there. We waiting in the parking lot. So leaving before we left the hospital. Before we left the hospital, bro, I, we walk into the parking lot. Uh soon as we can like see the truck. The fucking alarm started going off on the truck. Mm. I ain't pressed nothing. The key not even in my hand. None of this. So the alarm went off on the truck. Me and Nikki looked at each other and then like I just stopped like, man, what? And uh, I turned around, looked at the hospital. I'm like, all right, cool. We gonna fuck. Let's go get some food. So we go at the restaurant. We on the waiting list because I guess, I don't know if it's like 30 minute wait, hour or whatever. We waiting because we ain't got nowhere else to go. So I'm like, cool. So we sitting there waiting, man, like maybe 15, 15 minutes. They was like, hey, you need to come back right now. So I'm like, all right. And they was like, uh, your mom, I don't even know if they told me this over the phone. I know they told me I need to come back. I don't know if they said she coded or not. but I, And I think they did. Yeah, they said she coded. We brought her back, but you need to come up here. So go up there. I get up there, she back or whatnot, and I'm just looking. And then while I was there, um, you know what I'm saying, looking through the glass, like she coded again. And that shit was like the most craziest experience ever, just because like they giving us CPR and man, how hard they pushing, and then she had the gown on, and so all the air up under the gown so when they pushing the shit just flying up and flying up and it just looked like a doll how hard they was going and that shit just like in my head like that the vision from that is like just itched stuck and but that's what after that after like watching her go through that it was like i can't let them do that no more yeah and it was like like and so, like, I had talked to the doctor, and they was like, you know what I'm saying? The chances of her being, uh, of her not being a vegetable, basically, is little to none. So, you know what I'm saying? And then they was like, if we are able to bring her back, she's going to, you know, be on oxygen forever or whatever. Probably had to live in a facility somewhere. And um, after they did CPR, bro. In my mind, I was like, nah, I can't let them do that no more. Like, just watching it right there, I was like, I can't let them do that no more. Like, that shit looked, like, devastating. It was crazy. So, 
uh, that's when I made the decision to like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, do not resuscitate or whatever. And then shit. It's later that night, a couple hours later, she passed. And shit, I called, canceled the flights, and started preparing for another funeral. Mm. And about it, you know what I'm saying? At this time, preparing for the second, preparing for her funeral was easier as it relates to the process because I had just did everything yeah. already. And it was tough, you know what I'm saying? Staying up late, writing up bitch where all of the things I did. So like basically I had to do it all again. But by this time I already talked to everybody. I got the relationship built at the funeral home. Um, so it's like, all right, find something to wear, set a date, prepare the obituary, get them printed, pick a casket, all of this, and that's it. And then it was like, man, so hurt. And then, like, she passed from COVID. So it's like, all right, the funeral got to be outside. Can't have a repass or don't want to have a repass. Yeah. And I think some of my folks still went to the house. But I, like, we didn't because it was just like, bro, she just died from COVID. Y'all want to kick it around each other and be up in each other's faces. It was like, nah, we, we, um, cool. Before the vaccine, before any of that, it's like, nah, we cool. So, we went by the house for a minute to speak and like get some and we left and the other part of that was like figuring out what to do with the house all of the stuff in the house like cleaning all of this stuff out getting all these clothes out here getting my dad's stuff out here her stuff out here picking out like what we doing with these cars who want this who want that and um so you know i spent spread out a lot of her belongings over throughout the family cause all of that and uh figured out a plan to really it was like I got two years left in the army or so let's figure out a plan to make this work until then still working now but you know what I'm saying like like, like with the house and stuff so yeah man that that's kind of how it went um, that was the whole story. I don't even know if I answered the question, but that was just the experience. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. That was the experience. It was man, tough. It was hard, and in the but in the process, uh, like I remember that night, or actually that morning, the next morning, we went to pick up the kids. And, you know, when I, you know, that was Jayla. She was Jayla. Jayla was her baby. Taylor lived with her at one point, like early on. So they had a crazy bond. And so when I told her, she just broke down. And I had to be, I had to comfort her. You know what I'm saying? So I had to be strong, really kind of like for everybody else almost, especially my kids. But the only one that really understood was Count Jayla. So that's kind of what like made me just i don't know at that point it was like i was i don't say heartless but like i felt it it hurt but it was just like you gotta stay focused on things that you have to do alone and you know i had my aunts and stuff help with most of the stuff nikki helped me with some stuff but for the most part it was just me both times and it was like 
uh, even like in my dad's um, weight, I remember like comforting people people crying on my shoulder. I think I had made a joke on Facebook about it, like, man, don't come hugging me and be crying and shit when I'm trying to be strong. Yeah. But that's how it was. And, and that's just what it was. I, I embraced, like, what I did to help me was embrace it. Because, like, being smart enough to embrace it helped me get through it. Because fighting it wasn't going to do nothing but it wasn't gonna do nothing for me. It was just gonna make things worse, make it harder to cope with. So what I did was embraced it, uh, found anything good that I could about it. You know what I'm saying? All of the, the silver lining that I could find in that type of situation, that's what I did. Um, and uh, so yeah, that was it, bro. It was something else I was gonna say, but I don't remember this. That's pretty much it. Yeah, like, um, like while you were talking, um, I formed a question just out of curiosity. I know you know you're an artist, um, like and you're creative. So it's like, did you like at any time during that process with your mom and your dad? Did you feel like, man, I'm a, I'm gonna use this experience or this process immediately? It's something immediately. Yeah, I got. It was immediately, um, or for my so not immediately. My my dad passed. Uh, I think I got recordings in my phone of like what songs was on the radio, all of that. But when I made it to Mississippi, and I was on Goodman, uh, whatever song I was listening to, I had sent it to my producer like sample this, and. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm going I'm to do something with this. And so I was riding, listening. Anytime I had to go somewhere by myself, I was riding, listening to beats or whatever, but I ain't do nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't do nothing. But in my mind, I was already preparing, like, I, you know what I'm saying? Let me see if I could use this um, oh, some kind of way. But I still got the beat. Never wrote to it tried to write to I still try to write to from time to time I just can't uh maybe I maybe I'll try again next week but you know what I'm saying I tried and I tried to create immediately but then I couldn't think of nothing uh, or I would break down in the process or feel myself about to break down and would just like nah you got too much to do um but I started you know I had to do the obituaries and all of that I had to write some stuff for that for both of them had to do a lot of searching finding pictures organizing pictures graphics all that so that was still kind of in that lane so to say and then it was like not uh i ain't want nobody else to do it either so i was so that was that yeah 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 and this is my last question, and then we can, you know, we can get into um, some of my experiences. But like, as far as I know, you mentioned, you know, some of your aunts and, and family and stuff, and uh, Nikki, you know, helping you. But just like, I guess, what would you say was like, what was the support like outside of just the obituary stuff? Like, just 
people who were showing genuine concern for for you, you know, at that moment, do you feel like you got what you needed uh, during that time from the people around you as far as holding you up? Uh, yes. Um, and the reason, like, I thought about it before I just immediately, like, I know I got what I needed from people around me, but, um, I kind of live in a different world from, like, and have different experiences as to, as far as support goes, when it comes to, like, some of my family, speaking like my uncles and my aunts and stuff, like, because, you know, they knew my mom longer than I knew my mom. So they probably in the same position as me. So I can't, in my mind, I'm like, I can't depend on them too much when they probably hurt. I'm sure they're hurting just as much or more than I am. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if everybody was checking on me, all of my cousins, all of my friends, people like people I got relationships with in the army, like everybody was checking on me, especially like they, that was from when my dad passed, but then when my mom passed and it was just back to back, it was like, nah, I don't understand. Like people were, I could tell people were genuinely, genuinely concerned about, you know what I'm saying? Me, my well being, my mental health, all of these things and like just feeling sorry for me or whatever. And I was just, and they was wondering, like, how you doing all this? And asking me, like, you know, how you doing all this and all it and this is happening. And it was like, bro, I don't I don't have a choice. Yeah. Like I could stop, I cannot do it, but then what? So it was like either you gonna step up to the plate or you gonna fold. And if my mama or, or my dad, like like they yeah. wouldn't want that, you know what I'm saying? I watched my mom step up to the plate over and over and over again. And then that's the thing about the support too. Like all of she was like the matriarch after my grandma passed. So all of everybody come to the house to eat. Anytime it's something going on, 90% of the time is at her house. So that was a devastating blow, and it was like I don't like though they were her sisters and brothers in some aspects, she was kind of like a motherly figure uh, and, and not like acting like their mother, but just, you know, the support that she gave and they supported her too, but just the relationship, like she wasn't the oldest, but damn near it, it felt like it. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. It was, it was tough, but I, I got the support I needed from people, but, at the end of all of that and you know i was thankful for that and in my mind i still remember like people that was hitting me up people that sent me cash outs you know what i'm saying that i didn't ask for uh and during that time it was still hard for me to accept things from people like to the point where like people that sent stuff sent money i sent stuff to them yeah as a thank you just I don't know like I why I felt like I owed people because they sent me some during those moments, but that's just this is how it was. So I kind of tried to make sure I thanked everybody and did my part, 
and sending them some type of token of appreciation during those moments. But yeah, it was it's crazy. But yeah. oh, the other thing I was gonna say is the other thing I was gonna say is like all of that, all of that support. It was helpful, but in the end, it was me that had to deal with, not deal with, but like as far as my healing, at the end, I had to be responsible for it. And I had to figure out what was the best way to get to grieve, first of all, and then to to get over that shit. And that, and that process was just like the main thing, like I said, was embracing it. Like not fighting it, cause I, I I remember early on I would be getting ready to cry or something, and then I try to fight it, try to hold it in, and then I got to the point where I just like start letting that shit go wherever I'm at, yeah. wherever I'm doing, like whatever, man, just let it out, and in that process, uh, that's when I start healing, and that's when I start writing and being able to write. Like uh, on a song with my mom on it. Like when I cried at the end, like I was fine, completely fine. I, I cried writing some of it. Uh, it took me a long time to write it because it didn't start out being about that. It just led to it. And when I finally got to record, I was recording. I was cool. And when I got that last word out, I just broke down. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna leave it on here. Yeah, I'm and keeping I, uh, it. Yeah, I'm keeping it. And uh, shit, that was that, bro. And yeah, that's that. Yeah. Um, well, man, you know, I, I haven't, you know, um, lost a, you know, biological parent. Uh, but, you know, um, one person that, you know, or that I say significant loss uh, was, you know, my first cousin, uh, Freddie. Uh, and, you know, he was in the military and all that. So, you know, I, I, I think I've always looked at him as like a, a action figure in human form. Like he was just indestructible. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and, you know, um, the, the thing that, that, you know, I can say still bothers me to this day is he called me the night before he passed and I didn't answer the phone. Mm. And uh, I don't know what I was doing at the time. I think I was moving around or whatever. Like it was one of them like missed calls, like situations where uh, he called. I'm like, oh, Freddie just called me. I hit him back. He didn't answer. And the next day, Next thing I know, you know, somebody was telling me, you know, that he he gone. Uh, but it was like it was just one of them things, like where, you know, moving around, like day to day, every day, like this was, that's who I seen as, you know, my daddy. Like everything yeah. that a son would need a daddy to do, like that's what you know, uh, that's who he was, and you know, that's what he did you know, for me. So, man, it, it was a blow. Yeah. Uh, To the point where, like I can say, I think, you know, we was talking, you know, a little while ago and I'm like, honestly, I'm just now really taking the time to really process, 
you know, that and, and grieve and mourn, you know, because at that time, you know, I just felt like, you know, with everything going on, I didn't have time to yeah to to really grieve and mourn like I needed to. That was in December of uh 2018. It was kind of oh, like when was it? Yeah, December 2018. And uh like I remember going into like the weekend before we had went up to to me and Brittany went up to Nashville. Uh and uh you know my father and law live up there so we went up there and uh actually we went to a birthday dinner and uh he called me on the way up there uh because man like he was just had his hands in some some of everything and i think he had called me about like uh somebody fight some of fireplace or something like and like i didn't have the house we was in at the time was uh i think the people took like the insert you know like the the little fake fireplace or whatever it looked like yeah. and so i was just burning you know straight wood so he was just like man you can you can get the insert or whatever i'm like bro i'm cool i don't need all that so when he called me we on the way to nashville one of his neighbors had set one of the inserts like on the road yeah so, so he was calling me like I need you to come out here and get this. I'm like, man, I'm on the way to Nashville. He's like, well, just, I said, we'll be back, you know, tonight, tomorrow, you know, whatever. It was a turnaround trip. And so uh, got back this Sunday and it was raining. So I'm like, I ain't going to, you know, like it's probably got messed up now. They don't put it to the road or whatever, but it was just, you know, to that point, something that I done pretty much told you that, like, I'm straight. I don't, you know, I don't leave. Yeah. You know, but it was just like in his mind, he was always looking out Make for me. Straight. Yeah, in any type of way. Like anything that's gonna help you progress or set you up or that can, you know, help you advance, like that's that's what you know he owns. So um and I don't, you know, I don't recall us, you know, really just talking or whatever, because of course I came back uh that weekend with the work. Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is. I don't remember the exact day, but I remember uh, had a you know normal day at work and uh, pulled up to the house and uh, pulled up and sat in the garage for a minute. And I walked in the you know walked in the house and Brenda was like uh, she was just kind of like just standing there and I'm like what's you know what's going on and my aunt Renee that's uh, Allison mom. Mm-hmm. was calling me at the time and um i'm on the phone with her and she telling me like you know you may want to sit down you know freddie just passed blah 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 or whatever and at the same time like kalisha the door that you know you use to go in the garage kalisha coming through the garage so i'm looking like who's this walking you know yeah through my garage opening the door you know what i'm saying coming through the garage and so Brittany had already called, you know, Kalisha, you know, whatever to uh to come over. And uh like it was just, hey, went to straight to the hospital and uh, you know, seen it for myself. But like I said, from that moment on, I would say from that day on, it was just kind of like, all right, like, and I didn't have to like play a role or, you know what I'm saying, doing no obituaries and stuff like that, but it was just like you know, 
I had to uh, act like a cousin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, mourning or grieving or trying to mourn and grieve like a son. Yeah. And uh, and so Chin, his brother, had just went to Germany like a week before. So Mm. they had called him. He had to, you know, come back. Right around. All the military stuff. And so he comes. So me and, you know, his sister, Melody, uh, we go pick him up at the airport. And, you know, it's just straight business mode, you know, from, from, from that moment on. But, man, like I said, it was just, you know, went through everything, the funeral and all that. But, um. the you know his his pops, my uncle June had just passed like six seven months prior to that, so the family was already dealing with that. Yeah, and, and, uh, I think you know a few months later my grandma passed. You know that summer July twenty nineteen. So it was just kind of like like I said, back to back to back. Mm-hmm. You look at it like every time you got close to having time to really just kind of be still and say, okay, how do I feel? You know what I'm saying? What do I need to do? Like it's just, you know, it was either another death or then, like I said, after that COVID hit and it was just like running, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I just, you know, like I said, uh, just in this time where I've been able to, you know, like I said, be still, like I, I can truly say like I've, uh, I won't even say it's done, but I started the process of trying to get it all out. Yeah. You know, just, just from feeling like, you know, you got to really be strong for other, you know what I'm saying? People, you know how you feel about the situation, yeah. but you can't really uh, grieve, you know what I'm saying? Like you want to, because like in the past too, you know, setting a standard to where, everybody looks to you to be the strong person mm-hmm. you know, throughout, you know, all the other stuff that went on. So it was just kind of like, bro. And, uh, you know, as we was talking about, you know, doing this, I kind of went back. I'm like, I went back 20 years and uh, pretty much just wrote down everybody who was a significant or who I felt like was a significant loss. And it was like, I had like 20 names yeah paper and like 15 15 of them i was like a paul bear or I had to sing at the funeral or yeah. something and i feel like you know the one thing that i've taken away from this whole delayed you know grief processing or whatever you want to call it is it started in 2004 you know with uh my best friend bryston jackson uh, they had moved to Olive Branch, uh, had a friend that, you know, they was showing him his gun or whatever. The gun went off, shot him, you know, killed him or whatever. So I was 15, he was 16, uh, but I ended up having to speak at the funeral. I had never done that before. Yeah. But, you know, growing up in church and being a musician, you know, I played at a lot of funerals, sung at a lot of funerals, but nothing that was ever just really you know what I'm saying? Attached Personal. to me. Yeah, in a significant way. But yeah. like, I felt like, you know, 
you know, I look back on it now, 20 years later, and I'm like, that's that, that's probably where it started, that whole, all right, let me focus on what I need to focus on to get through this, and I'll deal with how I feel later. Yeah. And that's, you know, just 20 years of, like, processing grief and loss just in the most unhealthiest way, you know, possible. Yeah, for sure. That should have turned you cold too. Like I like in the military it was just whole different. Uh I had a whole different experience. But first, where you finished? Cause I don't want to stop. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You talking. Good. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Um yeah, man, in the military. I lost a couple people in Iraq and I lost some people some real close friends like after we made it back from Iraq. So um dealing with that was tough. My kid at the door. Opening the door. Hold on. What is it? I'm doing the show. I'll come I'll come up there. All right. Yeah man. Uh close the door back. So I was dealing with, I think, you know what I'm saying? I think that's where I learned, that's where I kind of really did away with my feelings at. Like going to Iraq, that even though like I still felt the way, I just couldn't show it. Um, but one of my uh, supervisors that I had been to Iraq, the first time I went to Iraq, he, you know what I'm saying? He came to the unit. Kind of took me under his wing. We were more like peers, but then he ended up being my in charge of me at some point. And then I got promoted, and then we were peers again. But uh, we were in Iraq, you know what I'm saying, on the road together every day, kicking in doors, shoot at whatever. Like you know what I'm saying, a whole bunch of stuff went on. We came back from that, you know what I'm saying, unharmed through all of car bombs, suicide bombs, all the stuff that had went on. We came back, you know what I'm saying, no scratch. I think he had a concussion or something from a, a roadside bomb, but he was straight. Uh, and then, so, you know, during this time, we getting promoted, going through the ranks. So next time we go, he in charge. <laughs> so next time we go, he in charge. Um of his, you know what I'm saying, his squad or whatever. And uh, I was, I wasn't with them this time. I started out, but I, I ended up not being with them. So I would just see him and I would make sure stuff was a lot of, they had a lot of things they needed as far as it came to communication and stuff like that. So uh, at any rate, he was like, he was the pretty much security detachment for our current. And he ran that. And uh, something happened somewhere, and they was going to a funeral. And, of course, like, the colonel would go to different engagements and stuff like that. But something happened. They were going to a funeral, but they were supposed to fly, or the colonel was supposed to fly. And the air was black, meaning, like, uh, you know, cloudy. Couldn't The weather was bad, so you couldn't, you couldn't fly, basically. They had grounded everything. So they drove. They went to the funeral on the way back, hit a roadside bomb. Uh, Pretty much got decapitated. And a lot of one of the 
lot of the people in, in the truck with him got hurt too, like his driver, his gunner, but they all survived. But, you know, they still friends with me on Facebook, whatever. A couple of them lost limbs. Uh, so it was tough. But being that he was my roommate, he was my manager at one point, all of these things, I'm, I, I wasn't the closest person to him in the unit. But being that I worked in communications or whatever, I had to prepare a lot of the stuff for the funeral really like now thinking about it it's coming to my mind like damn that's the same shit i did for my parents funeral yeah. like i had to make a memorial video they send me all the pictures so i got to go through all these pictures and put them together in some type of order that makes sense picking this music uh i need to find that joint but you know like listening to all this sad music trying to sync it up with these pictures and photos and videos and it was just like People kept asking, like, how, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. After I did that, like, my first song was ready to promote me. Like, that's yeah, because it was. he knew how tough it was. He knew the relationship we had, but it was just one of them things. I don't know what they saw, like, if it was a maturity thing or a resiliency thing, but that's, I know that point. At that point, it was like, my feelings was, it was just crazy. And it was like, damn crying putting a, a bitch i ain't do the obituary but like the it was basically a presentation a presentation with music and videos and pictures and all of that that, that i had to put together then had to be a power bearer but it wasn't it wasn't really like a traditional funeral so to say it was more so like all right the more is done with your body and now we're gonna do a formation and then basically carry his body in a black leather body bag from the FLA, which is a ambulance, to the helicopter. And uh it was a ceremony during that part, but you know, that wasn't a funeral though. Um so did that and then the pictures from that stuff. Like the helicopters flying off, all that is in the presentation. And it was just like, that was the last part of it or whatever. And it was just, it's crazy. And the other crazy part is like, he from, uh, is Homestead? I forgot. He from Texas. He's down there by where Jayla go to school right now. I don't forgot the name of it. But, um, so it's a memorial down there. So I got to go down there to it. But it is crazy, like, cause, I got emotional when we were taking, when we were going down there for uh, school mm -hmm. for to view a uh, prayer view that day. And then we passed through there. I'm like, hell no, nah, ain't no way. Cause I, you know, I knew he was from, but I didn't know what it was by. So I'm yeah. like, that's crazy. And uh, so yeah, I gotta go down there, but that happened and then come back home, get over there. We go to another deployment. Somebody got hit by a sniper. Uh, that I knew, you know, I wasn't close to them, but my people that I was close to was close to them. And then the same thing happened with another one of my roommates. Hold on, bro. Know why she thinks it ain't bit turn <laughs> railing, but yeah, man. Uh, 
two other people um that i knew and like very cool with one was my roommate before we went back to iraq that time and then the other one was like a friend of mine and they both got killed in like a rollover accident and uh that shit hit different and it was just like damn shit just keep happening keep happening and then as you get to a point where man it becomes hard to well that you know i I could I understood that stuff on some level, but even up until like my parents, then after my parents, um a couple of my uncles and that part I understand. But then I get to my friends and I had a friend commit suicide. Uh probably been two years now. I was living in Washington at the time, but he committed suicide. It's crazy because it's his son. Or stepson had like well i can't say that part but his stepson had passed and i can't say because i won't say names but his stepson had passed uh like drowned he had joined the army he drowned in washington where i was uh nikki ended up being at the like a nurse at the hospital where that happened there. so she heard about that potentially worked on it i don't know but she was telling me about it i was like i heard about it i don't know what it was and then you know i see it on the news or whatever and then later i'm on facebook and it's like yo this was such and such son i'm like damn that's crazy and shit not too long after that he committed suicide and i just remember him being one of the people like you know, in the army, a lot of people commit suicide. And a lot of people, and then, you know, coming from where we come from, it's like, damn, how do you, you know, how does that happen? What yeah. what make you do that? And I remember him being one of the people, like, say we having a conversation, and me and you, like, I, I just can't see myself doing it. And so you know, going from that to him committing suicide was like hard for me to understand. And then it was another person that was like a chaplain's assistant. Um, always motivated, always positive, always talking about God, always singing gospel, all of these things, retired from the military. Um, retired from the military still uplifting people you know what i'm saying was in the choir in the army all of these things and then one point he posted some facebook messages like i've been fighting for so long and a bunch of other stuff that he said basically like a family message to everybody and he committed suicide and he's just like how does this happen to that person yeah who does nothing but at least you know as far as we can see uplifting god and helping other people get through their trauma and all of these things always in the church and then it's like man the type that type of stuff is like scary like you know what i'm saying old age whatever you get sick you get older you know what i'm saying it gotta happen you know it's coming but then when it's like that and it's like unexpected and it's like damn i thought he was straight yeah. i thought this was going on even like i think the not the first experience but just 
I came home from Iraq for vacation and, and Eric had committed suicide. And mm-hmm. I like that, like I was like I landed in Vegas. I think my mama called me, like, and I, I ain't even she just didn't feel real. Yeah. That you was, know what that I'm was 2008. 2007 or 2008, probably yeah. one of the two. I, yeah, it probably was 2008 because we I went to Iraq 2007, but I ain't come home to like like I think 2008. Yeah. But I'm not positive, but yeah. That was devastating, like you know what I'm saying. And out that happened, and it's like, damn, that's somebody I grew up with. Somebody was at my house hooping every day, and then yep. I'm right back in Iraq. You know what I'm saying? Can't even think about it because yep. it could be, you know what I'm saying? It could, it could affect what I got going on to where I'm not focused over here. So it's like crazy. Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot. Yeah. But those situations like that be like scary because it's like, damn, bro, like how, like, what, what is the, the thought process? What's on your mind to lead you to that point? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like ain't no way I'm ever doing that. But then when you see people that you know, probably even if you didn't hear them say it, you feel like at some point they said, Ain't no way I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And it happens. Like, what changed? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, how did you get to that point? It's scary not knowing because then it's like, okay, shit. It just hit home and it's like, oh, this could happen to me, even though I'm saying, like, I never do that. Yeah. That shit is a possibility somehow now. Yeah. And I don't know how. So I'm I'm scared because I don't know what let, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what changed that. Like we was in the same places. We was in Iraq. What he see and and I saw that, you know, you he retired and he made it all these years and then at some point it just became too much. What was that? Yeah. That shit is tough. Yeah. And you know, and I think that, you know, I, I wanna say Ricky Ricky, when we had Ricky on, he was uh I think he asked me a question. And he was just talking about, and I think I told him that, like, like the the joking and playing around and all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it comes from, like, a place of, you know, pain. Yeah. Like, for, for years I've been calling it, like, that's my outlet or whatever. But, you know, I was, we was talking, you know, the other day, and I was telling you about that, that summit that, uh, you know, I was in. And uh dr darius daniels he called it a pain a pain having a pain plan and i'm like okay yeah that you know yeah i i like the way you know that sounds like okay that's that's what i've been trying to you know do or have or instead is you know a pain plan and so like that's you know a lot of times where man i go down the rabbit hole on facebook or whatever is because man i might have wake up woke up that morning and had the worst morning ever, but it's like, okay, how do I get out of this, you know what I'm saying, rut? Yep. You know what I'm saying? And like the outside world is like, my enjoy, man, you play so much. Right. So, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And not saying that I need that, but it's more so like, I'm trying to get my mind to shift over to a place where I'm like, just 
you know what I'm saying, like joking and clowning and whatever. Yeah. I know how I feel when I'm in that space. And I yeah. know that, you know, if I get to joking, I'm going to think of something else. You know, I'm going to think of something mm-hmm. else. And I'm going to think, you know what I'm saying, think of something else. So it was like, that's why I just try to be. And not saying that it's all birth, you know what I'm saying, out of it, but like there, I can just recall times where I'm like, it was, you know, heavy, you know, on me. And I'm like, bro, let me just start playing. Cause yeah. I, I can't, you know, be here, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, all that other kind of stuff, but life um, still going on. Yeah. And so, uh, like you, you was talking a few minutes ago about, you know, passing, you know, homestead. And I was like, uh, that that's something else that I've been, you know what I'm saying? Trying to figure out because I know like, it's a lot, you know, where we, where we from, it's a lot of like, you know, go put flowers on the grave, you know, on the birthday, a mother's day, a father's day. And you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And I can't to this, to this, to my recollection, I can't think of one person that I mentioned that I've lost where I've just gone back to the grave site. Yeah. Just on on my own. Yeah. and it, it ain't no superstitious or super stu- superstitious thing or anything like that. It's just more so like I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's just like I don't feel no connection. You know what I'm saying? In doing it, or yeah. I don't think I would. I haven't done it, so I don't know. But I don't think I would. Yeah, I didn't. I uh, I mean, I went. We used to go to my grandma's grave clean it off with my uncles and stuff, my, my mom and them for homecoming. But that really, like, I don't know how, I was like 15 when that happened. Grief got over it, I guess. You yeah. know, because her husband passed sometime in the 90s and went through that process and it was like, I remember it and it was painful, but it wasn't long. Like my grieving process as a child, which wasn't long, it was something that yep. I got over, and probably something that I see in my youngest kids right now because they just don't truly understand. But yeah, she was like 80, 80 something. So I felt the same way. Like I grieved, went to the funeral, was straight until I saw my mama crying at the funeral. Yeah. That's what hurt me more. And then yeah. that was that. But um, I don't know, bro. It's like you said. Is would you say pain plan? Yeah, yeah like pain plan, man. So I'm, yeah. I'm literally like, you know, got the notebook out, trying to figure out like what are those triggers? Like what are the things that you know what I'm saying make me or put me in that place where I'm just and it's like it's hard because sometimes I feel like you you need to kind of sit in you know what I'm saying sit in it just to yeah. kind of you know, feel, you know what I'm saying, the presence and, and all of that. But then I guess for me, it was like when I felt like, hey, this is going too long or this might spill over, you know what I'm saying, into something else. So I'm like, okay, let me develop, you know what I'm saying, something around it where I don't affect anybody else, you know what I'm saying, or put a burden yeah. on anybody else. And it's like, for a long time, I'm like, I guess feeling like, yeah, you you don't 
like you as in Jordan, like you can't like respond like everybody else. You can't react like everybody else. You got to be put together every time, whether it's a funeral, whether it's it just happened or, you know, whatever. So it's like I'm trying to like filter through that and just see like, and so um you're a stoic yeah and uh and, and i think like i said that's because like i've always had something to focus on for most of them you know the the people that i've lost i had something to focus on like like i said not in the actual planning you know part like you know you've had to do you know with your mom and dad but more so like okay you you gotta sing or you gotta you know what i'm saying do this or yeah, I need you to play drums, or I, need, you know, what I'm saying just something that I could focus on to tell myself that, you know, well, you can't break down like that because you got to get yourself, you know, what I'm saying you got to be ready for, you know, uh, to to do this. Yeah, and uh, but like I remember uh, when Mike shorter uh, in 2021, like Dave, like called me, I'm sitting on the couch. He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, Mike, Mike, you know, Mike just, you know, just passed. I'm like, dang, what happened? Like, he died in a 18 wheeler accident, you know. And I'm like, Phew. and like that's that's you know what I'm saying? He one of them ones is like, bro, just full of life. Yeah. Like, don't bother nobody, do anything for anybody. Like when I say, you know. Give you your give it give you his shirt off his back like he gonna give you his overshirt and his undershirt. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like you know, dang. And it's like those are one. I'm like college roommates. You know what I'm saying? Uh, went through high school, shorter sip. So we sat sat by each other. You know what I'm saying? Every class. So it's like, you know, and you start looking at stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I know I ain't doing everything right. Yeah. Saying so it's like how you you know what I'm saying? How you you know, so it it was like that that was one of the ones that kind of restarted that process when I felt like I was getting close to, you know what I'm saying, trying to handle the stuff from 18 and and 19 and all that. And then that happened. It's like it going I just write this one down. I whenever I get time to deal with it, I deal with it. Yeah, that's that's how I was with uh Miguel and Mun too. Like yeah. away and like couldn't come to the funeral. Didn't come. I, I think I probably could have snuck home or something for Mun funeral. Yeah. But it was just like I don't wanna I don't want to. I don't wanna feel like that. And uh I even, I wrote about it, talked about it in the song, but just cause um I felt like I should have been there. Yeah. But then in my mind, it was just easier for me not to go. And that at the time was how I was thinking. Coming back from my wreck, all of this stuff, I'm like, it's just easier for me to not go. But then when when I start thinking about it in hindsight, like not now, but you know, shortly after that, it's like, damn. Nobody don't want to be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to go. 
Yeah. So people be like, yeah, I don't go to funerals. I don't like funerals. You know what I'm saying? And I used to hear that and like, you know what? That's I, I, that's cool. I would, and then you start thinking like, shit, who does like who does like to go? Nobody likes to go. Right. But you know, I can't judge nobody for that because you know that's just um some people grieve differently, handle, process things differently, mindsets change as you mature because. Yeah. I was in that mindset, like, you know, these my homies, my, my teammates, people I, I grew up with was around every day, basketball practice. And it was like, in the end, I didn't show up. Yeah. Because of some, because of a personal feeling I had that my mind at the time just wasn't thinking on a mature level to process. To, to be selfless. Mm-hmm. My mind wasn't allowing me to be selfless in that moment. It was more so like the news itself, the facts of the situation hurt already. I don't want to go and hurt more. And and uh, the, the immaturity, I wasn't able to be selfless in that moment. And, you know, I think about that from time to time. Like, you know, that was fucked up. Yeah, but, you know I can't do. You know, only thing I could do is be different going forward. And it's still been situations now that I couldn't get home. Like I couldn't. My uncle died during COVID. Military order can't go. So you know, Nicky and them went. I had to stay back. Couldn't go. Had to do it on Facetime. Yeah. My uncle passed. Um, actually, in a manner, dad passed. Couldn't go. I think I like wrote a poem, helped them figure some stuff out because I had recently went through it. Uh, my cousin Kevin passed, the one with the kidney that I talked about in the song. COVID yeah. couldn't go, and it was just like, damn man, all of these things that I've missed with my family. It just put you on the mindset, like, damn, my family show up for me, yeah, all the time. At least, you know what I'm saying in moments of need i ain't gonna say all the time but you know like when it's a grieving period you know what i'm saying where you might need to be there for somebody they there and yeah. then i'm looking at myself like damn you on a bigger scale maybe you fighting for the country you whatever and you can't come because they not immediate mom dad grandma granddad brother sisters you can't go in a yeah. lot in a lot of situations like even when you're in iraq like you can come home for your mom dad and then like they have you sign shit before you go i forgot like, i forgot what the name of the form is a uh, local parentis form or something like that but you had to put people down on the list before you go like if something happened to this person i'm gonna go back and basically it was like all right your mom your dad your wife husband whatever you can go back for that kids but if it's somebody else they got to be on this form because they raised you or you grew up, you know what I'm saying, with them, whatever. But a distant uncle or uncle that you didn't live in the same household with, you can't, right. we're not going to let you go back. Yeah. And uh, so, like, those situations are like, damn, bro, I can't be there for people that's there for me. Yeah. And that bothered me. So. 
Yeah, and I was talking about earlier. It was Hempstead, bro. I don't know. I said Homestead. Hempstead. Yeah, Hempstead. Yeah, I. You know, as you were saying it, uh, I had. You know, I thought about my great uncle. This was, uh, you know, my grandmother's uh, brother. But I mean, very, very close. Uh, like you know, uh, lived in Memphis, but you know, I always came down to cold water. You know, going. You know, throw me something for good grades and you know what I'm saying, all this. So we always, you know, had a bun. And uh this was 2014. We had just got married. And I wanna say he had been sick, you know what I'm saying, for a little while, because when I saw him he came to the wedding and you know, he looked different, you know, hair was different and all that. And I yeah. he ended up passing maybe like a week or two later after uh my wedding in November of 2014. And uh, it's funny because we, me and you was talking about H.H. Greg the other day, and I was working at H.H. Greg at the time, and his funeral was on Black Friday. And, uh, you know, I had told him, hey, don't schedule me, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I got to go to a funeral or whatever. And it's yeah. funny. It was like, you know, well, you know, is it immediate family? I'm like, well, it's my great uncle. But it's like in those environments, like they don't, understand you know what i'm saying how yeah. our relationships work like in our culture you know what i'm saying like yeah and you know this somebody like i didn't call him great uncle i called hey this uncle matt you know when yeah. i seen my uncle matt you know but um i remember my manager saying at the time he was like man it's the biggest day of the year it's our super bowl you know like like it's Black Friday. It's the biggest day of the year. You want to go to a funeral? Or you want you know you want to make money? And I'm like, did he just what? You just, you just said that. Yeah. And so, for whatever it was, I remember being there, but like I was not, you know, there. Like my body was there, but my mind was, and. Um, I never forget, like, I think I started looking for a new job probably like a week later. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you know, and there was some other things, you know, that was going on. You know, like I said, I just got married, working every weekend, working every holiday and all that. But that was the tipping point. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be, you know, we preach family and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And all that. And it's like, you know, I tell you that, you know, I don't never take off. I ain't never trying to get out of doing no work. And so mm -hmm. in my mind, when I tell you I need to be somewhere, like I need to be there. Yeah. And so um, like I started looking for a new job, probably like maybe like a week or two later. And like three months later, I was gone. Because yeah. like I said, that, that was the that was the tipping point for me. Cause I'm like, I never want to be somewhere this, you know my environment or my, you know, uh, employment is going to control what I can do or, or when I, when and where I can say yes Man. You know, to my family. That's why, that's why, um, people probably see me like, that's why I'm so happy now because I lived that for 20 years, dog. And, you know, it wasn't, ain't nothing all bad about it. It just, it came with the territory. And after, you know, after you in for a little while, you understand that and you know, but people that's not 
in that or don't come from that, don't know about that, they don't understand. So planning, like family trips, all of that, we couldn't, I couldn't be, like, especially like during the Iraq war, I couldn't be like, yo, I'm going well, first, I wasn't married during that whole time anyway, so it wasn't no family trips for real because my dad was already paralyzed, all this stuff. But then at some point, me and Nikki started traveling or whatnot. But still, it was just like, can't plan enough for next year and pay on it. Shit, even yeah. in 2019, we went on a cruise. They knew a year in advance, and we like, well, we don't know. And then it was a point where it was like, all right, yeah, we going. And even then, we didn't know. It was just like, all right, we got to pay the money by this day. We want to go, pay the money. We don't know if we're going to make it or not. Yeah. And then, you know, we end up going. And that was like the first time, really, where I went on a vacation that wasn't during blocked leave, like work leave periods where, like, they blocked. Like, you know, we're going to be on leave during Christmas time, and then they might give us one in the summer. Or if I come home from Iraq for two weeks, then I'm going to go somewhere then. That was like the first time. And then so getting out and being free to do and go where you want to go, whenever you want to go, it's just it's different. It's a life that I haven't lived in a long time, even though, you know, I went places when I wasn't supposed to, especially like the older you get, you're like, bro, I'm not going to be asking you for permission. I'm going. And especially you get a little rank, and, but you know, I can talk about all that now because, but yeah. at the time it was like some people don't care, they'll go whenever. But my luck with doing wrong just wasn't there. Like, whenever I decided I was gonna do something wrong, I got caught, somebody yeah. told on me. So, I always was paranoid when I went outside of the lines. Because somehow, even years later, I always got caught. Yeah. I'd say we got in the army, got set up. You know what I'm saying? Got caught. Try every everything I did wrong. I was selling candy and basic training. Got caught. You know what I'm saying? Candy. Contraband. Mm. Sneaker bar, fifteen dollars. Had people that was like holdovers that go to the store, bring it back. We couldn't have candy and shit, so it was just yeah, shit. But we had a plug, yeah. <laughs> so candy bar, fifteen dollar man. Somebody got caught with one and told it, and they took our family day away. The day you graduate, before you graduate, your family come down. They don't let you go with them, or mm. they threaten us to not let us go with them. But it ended up like we end up doing some kind of like. While everybody else was with their family, we were like controlling parking cars or some shit. Mm. We weren't parking them, but you know what I'm saying? We were like yeah. directing them. Yeah. And then at some point, they were like, all right, now y'all could go. I'm like, damn, yeah. bro. That's when I knew. This was 2003. I'm like, damn, I ain't got no control over Yeah. Like, you mean my family drove all the way down here and I can't go? What? Yeah. But they let us, they ended up letting us go. But I was just like, man, this shit is crazy. And so, like, now, that's why I be trying to live to the fullest. Like when it's some event that I feel like is once in a lifetime, not once in a lifetime, don't happen too often. Yeah. And I'm is here when I'm I'm close to it. Shit, I'm, I probably go just because yeah. I ain't been able to move like that. Yeah. 
So it's different trying to explain that shit to people like you not not being able to show up for them or whatever or having to choose like even my friends like i went to we celebrated my homeboy birthday in houston not too long ago that's the first time i've been able to show up they've been doing that shit but i ain't been able to show up if it wasn't somewhere i was local at. yeah because like and they all of them got out the army before me too so it was always like damn um i can't come or when they got out the army it's like or when there was something going on even when they was in it's like nah we got a four day my kid in mississippi i gotta go see my daughter mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't never no nothing with my homies because they know what's up but it was just like shit, you the times where we was playing and stuff it was like nah you can't do that because you gotta go home yeah and then, you know as you grow older it's just like how we was talking about Christmas and splitting time up between families as you get your own family and you get older and start like, bro, I'm not finna come home to go from house to house. My, I, I ain't finna drive there with toys for my kids. Yeah. And he's like, nah, we chilling here. First, this, we, you know what I'm saying? We chilling here. We ain't coming yeah. home. And yeah. then another thing you said too earlier that I meant to come in on, but I think the conversation just, we were just going, but he was talking about like going to grave sites. Like I don't, I've been to my parents' grave site once because I haven't been back home. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back home New Year's year before last. Now since it's January, uh, to a party Nick had, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the last time I was home. We were supposed to come home since then, but now it's just like when you start building a life away from home it's not that you don't want to go back but it's just like when it's time to go back when stuff is going on these kids playing sports yeah Uh, we recording this right now because of changes with our you know what i'm saying because our family are our priority exactly so it's like sometimes parents uh family members don't understand that but like yo my family my immediate my family that came from me, yeah. not the family I came from, my family that came from me is my priority. Exactly. So, yeah, I can come home. We can drive home, but you know what I'm saying? We drive home. Yeah, I got to work. We got to pay for a hotel. Then we got to go from house to house. Then there's nothing for the kids to do. Um, Or... Yeah, so you know, I can go on and on about that. I don't even want to get off on that too because it ain't what we're talking about, but it's just like understand people understanding, like, man, I gotta I gotta start being and doing what's here for us. I wanna go to my parents' grave any chance I get, but yeah, I ain't been back home because one, like you said, I don't that connection. I I did go back when we came and Shit, I cried like it was the funeral again. And got back in the car and drove off, and I felt a little relief after I left, but it was just like, damn. You know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy. Yeah. Like, still unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, I always want to want to go back and just do that, not because I get some relief or feeling out of it, but because I'm searching to see. Yeah. If, like, I hadn't got it before from – anybody else but now with them it may be different so those are things that 
you know, I plan every time I come home, I'm going to do it. But um, it's just like, I don't know what the outcome is going to be as far as how I feel or if it's going to be some relief or, you know, whatever the feeling is going to be. But I'm going to do it. I just like I ain't been home for other reasons. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you retired. You can do what you want. Then you're like, I got a new job. <clears throat> Can't take PTO. This ain't the army. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I got to build that. I need to build that up so I can move how I want to move, even though I could, I still could, I could go, but, you know, we got too much going on. These kids, cheer exactly. crack, like they, they shit like the NBA. I ain't no gymnastics and cheerleading. Like, they, you can't miss no practice. Like, literally, you can't miss no practice. Yeah. It's not, it's not so much for gymnastics because, you know, that you part of a team, but you competing on your own. But for mm-hmm. cheer, for railing, they were they under contract. <laughs> they under contract, man. I'm like, damn. Yeah, man. You can't miss no practice. You miss, and then like it's just one of those things, like it's choreography involved. So one person missing, it everybody, some gotta change for everybody, and they are not old enough to be able to change their whole routine that fast and make the adjustment. You know, yeah, make the adjustment. So like we just out here on a prayer and showing up every time, like they just last minute, like when we supposed to come to uh the horse show. Uh yeah, in July. The, yeah, the schedule came oh, out. October. No, October. October. The schedule yeah. came out for the event, and because they had um a competition, I think that Sunday, maybe that Saturday, whatever. I think they had a competition Sunday, or it could have been the next week, but they had a mandatory practice. That wasn't on the schedule, but it was at first, but it's still mandatory. And it's like, damn, these, these damn six, seven, ten-year-olds really controlling my life. Right. <laughs> and how I'm moving out here. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, man, like, you know, you was talking about, you know, going to the grave. Like, like um, I drove the cold water one day, like, with intentions to do that, but I was like, I just ended up driving by because I just, I don't know. I guess I, I just didn't know what to expect, but you know, that was probably two or three years ago. But like I said, you know, now, uh, um, I feel like that I, you know, went through that process of yeah. like, like now I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm at a point where I can at least go see what it's about. And, you know, like I'm real, like, you know, watching it in movies and TV shows where you always see this scene where they go out there and they talk in, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I'm like, do it supposed to be like that? Like, I was just trying to. That's what we got to learn it from, right? <laughs> form so what I did. I'm like, I'd be going out there telling them shit. I'm like, I don't So, yeah. So, like, man, shit. You know, pouring, pouring stuff out, taking their favorite. Uh, food out there and stuff like I'm like is this what it's supposed to be or like so I'm just like you know movie got us out here doing yeah so because like like even in my mind I'm like like I I was like uh the the movies got me feeling like hey bro just have me like a graveside joint like even before COVID because I'm just like when you see it in the movies like the Temptation movie when they had uh, Blue Junt and uh, Smokey Robinson was singing uh, what is it? That I miss you, my buddy. You know, and all that. And I'm like, 
yeah, that's what I want when I, you know, what I'm saying when I get up out of here, have my junk just like, just like. This. But like I can tell you, man, like you know, uh, just just processing like all of it or all these people, you know, that I've just held on to, like, and I mean, you know how I be with the notes and stuff. So it's like, bro, I had you know started like a whole like on my own obituary like just as a hey just in case like this who i want to sing this the song i want to be sung yeah. this who i want to preach and i'm like am i supposed to be thinking about that at 34 35 but i'm like it is what it is yeah but uh and like i say a part that's of that that's that uh that's you being that person again yeah even though probably long it could you could chalk it up as planning or if you're a planner you could chalk it up as you being that person that's trying to lighten somebody else low even when you ain't here no more exactly yeah because i'm like i I told like brenda tell you i told him like have my joint like early in the morning i like waking up early so have my joint early in the morning man by seven eight (laughs) o'clock i'm talking about I want y'all to get to the grade yeah. site and the grad, the grad still with. Procession gonna be late as hell, boy. Black folks ain't. <laughs> so, but guess what? You know what that mean? I just woke up late. The only people who gonna be there is, is the people who want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I told, I said, yeah, have, have brunch. Hey, after my funeral. Man, I fit, man. Look, my my bro, my half brother. Showed up like he was late to my daddy's funeral, to our daddy's funeral. And, uh, you know, I ain't feel no way about it. It could have been traffic. I ain't even asked him what it was. I, I didn't feel a way about it, but I had to be the one telling, like, I'm trying to prepare for the funeral in my mind. And it's like, I'm talking to the director, like, they like you want to start without them. Like nah, man. Let me five more minutes, and then it got to a point where it was like, hey, if I ain't extending, but once if he ain't here after these five minutes, bro, you know, yeah, it is what it is. We just got to start. Um, this shit finna be hard enough. I ain't, I can't. We been knowing what time this was gonna start, so I can't do. You know what I'm saying? Nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. <clears throat> But yeah, and like I think the only other thing I was gonna ask you, man, and we can get up out of here, like, uh, like what what are your thoughts on uh, cremation? Like, you know, I know that's done on a a lot, you know, in other cultures, but like people got the urns and and all that. Like, is that something that you you know would consider? Uh, I'm considering that shit heavy. Uh, that's like my number one choice. Really, the only thing I be I be having these thoughts like, damn, bro, what if like we we get to come back one day, but you got cremated and you and you like fuck that up and you can't come back. <laughs> but I told I told Nikki like, shit, you cremate me, bro. I ain't you gotta be doing all this extra shit. Yeah. Um, just cause, I don't know. Like it's like 
you. Like, I want whatever is easiest. The path the least. Yeah, the path the least. It's going to be hard enough. You know what I'm saying? God forbid something happen. It's going to be hard enough. Like, what is easiest? Yeah. Or, or me telling you what I want is so you know you don't have to play a guessing game. It's easier. So this is, in my mind, for y'all, easier than having to deal with a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, other stuff. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. I, don't, I don't have a, you know, a thought on it, like, as far as feeling a certain way about, you know, culture or religion or any any of that because really bro i'm just i'm just at the point in age where i'm just living life on my own accord my own thoughts you know and that don't mean i don't listen to people that don't mean you know i don't see guidance or any of that that just mean like at the end of the day me and my family got to be accountable and we have to be we're going to be accountable, we're going to be responsible, and we're going to be the ones that have to deal with the decisions that's being made. And so it's like, do what make you happy. Yeah. And I, I'm not happy. I, I don't do what make me happy all the time, but ultimately, like, that's what I'm striving for is doing what's best for my family and I and what's making us happy. And whoever that offends in the process, you know, understanding and teaching my kids and trying to lead my family to understand that the way they feel about the choices you make uh you can't control how they feel how they react because that comes a lot with just and parents and and in-laws when you and it, it may i may be like this when my kid get married and have kids and it's like damn y'all don't come home for christmas i can see me being like that because mm-hmm. I, i'm damn near be like that with when jay left school like come home and do this and it's like yeah. now nah, we got plenty we, i'm going here this weekend yeah and i i have to in those moments remember me not being in college but in the military like now nah, i ain't coming home because we going here or mm-hmm. i'm gonna leave a day early I ain't never start leaving the day early. I used to go back shit hours before I gotta be at work. But then it got to the point where it's like, oh, I'm leaving the day early. I need a day to rest before I go back to work and just yeah. chill. And then it got to the point where like I'm gonna go back two days early. And it's like I ain't coming. And yeah. it's like, damn, at some point there's gonna be a kid. Uh and and I don't mean all the time, but just any time that you as a parent think they should be there and they got their own stuff going on. They live in their own life now and they live in on their terms or striving to live on their terms. You got to figure out how to be OK with it. So what I try to do is think back. I always try to refer back and put myself in that situation so that I know so that I can make a decision not based on my current feelings yeah it's like damn jermaine you when your mama wanted you to do this or do that or stay at the house um and be with your daddy while she did something you felt some kind of way about it because you had something else planned already that you didn't want to cancel or 
you know, you know how it be, bro. You come yeah. home from college, you come from out of town, you already got plans with friends before you even talk to people. Yep. And then you get home, and then your parents, they, they steal your parents. And it's like, hey, yeah. I need you to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, damn, I, I, all right, yeah. Do it. And then, you know, even if you have an attitude, you do it or whatever. And then it get to the point where it's like, all right, I ain't coming home or, I still always came, but it was points where it's like, all right, I ain't going. And then, like now, of course, my parents gone, but we still deal with other family, and it's like, uh, or like if we deal with Nikki parents or whatever, and it's like, we not we not coming because. You know what I'm saying? We want to spend Thanksgiving in our home. We want to spend Christmas in our home. You're welcome to come here. But we've been moving mm-hmm. for the last, since we've been married, place to place to place to place. No real place to call home. Coming home every time for most of those. Now it's time for us to build our traditions, build what we want to do. And so because of that, we have to put us first. Because if we put if we do what y'all want us to do our time, you'll be happy. Probably. Mm-hmm. But my kids won't. Right. My wife won't. I won't. We won't probably won't be mad, but we won't have the memories or time that we could have had because we're putting other people at the forefront of our family decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, dead with you on, on, on that, bro. Like, you know, uh and I, I mean, I think it's just more like people just having to take a taking a stance and set boundaries. Yeah. And, and making people like you you just gonna have to respect, you know, those boundaries. And I yeah. feel like, you know, I just I've been in that place for, you know what I'm saying, a while to where like, you know, when you, you feel like you need to come across them boundaries, you're gonna lose access. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To me. Like you know, I'm gonna I'm strip it down, and that goes for you know any and everybody. Yeah, so, it's tough. Uh, yeah, but like you said, it like it has to be done. Um, or if if it if you don't do it, like you're gonna run yourself crazy. Your anxiety yeah. gonna be through the roof. You're gonna be trying to please everybody else. It's just it is not healthy. Yeah, when when you're uh, suffering because of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, man. Um, I, I think tonight um, has been uh, it's uh, freeing and uh, also uh, therapeutic. I know yeah. for me, I speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? Just chopping it up, and uh, you know who knows? You know what what may come out of you know this conversation. Because uh, I know, like I said in the beginning, you know, there's a lot of people out there hurting. A lot of people, you know, just need a, a space, you know what I'm saying, to talk and express themselves, you know what yep. I'm saying? Because so, I know there's somebody else out there that's carrying stuff, you know, the way I've been carrying it, like, you know what I'm saying, and need to process it or whatever. And, uh, you know, everybody, like you said, everybody got to do what's best for them because we don't all, you know, grieve the same but yep. uh we felt it was necessary you know you know what i'm saying to return and have this conversation 
a lot of things been going on that we've been seeing. And uh, like I said, we, we call it pain pills, you know, just like you said, peeling, peeling the onion back, you know what I'm saying, on these stories, on these losses, on these experiences. And uh, um, I was about to say, you was talking about you felt it was necessary and then, you know, I was talking about our experiences, but also like it brought me back to us talking about, damn, Am I supposed to be doing this how they doing it in the movies? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a conversation. Like, what yeah. is everybody else doing? What what y'all doing? What what are you doing? And where did you learn it from? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you learn it from TV? Is is what we see on TV? Is that normal? Yeah. Is that what we should be doing? Is it something else? Like, where did you learn that from? Because it might be somebody that may be learning from what we talking about. And it's like, damn, they got that off TV. I don't know yeah. if that's real or not. Like, what's the origin of it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, man, I think I'm with I'm with these conversations. Yeah, man. So, and I mean, if you're out there, you're listening, uh, you know, you're going to hear this uh, on the playback. And, uh, I, I reach out, you know, and uh, we'll see if we can, you know, come up with uh, if you want to come on and share your story or you feel like uh, you have something to offer where you can help people uh, who are in a season of grief or have recently suffered a you know traumatic loss or just a loss in general, like we want to help create, you know, and steward, you know, these type of conversations as well as other conversations. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Indeed, man. Uh, I don't even what episode is this, bro. Episode 48. 48? Man. 48. I said 53. 48, man. We'll hit 50 in, the, in a few weeks. But like I said, uh, we got a guest lined up, episode 49, that I think, you know, a lot of people going to enjoy. So yep. uh, just, just be on the lookout uh, for the announcement and uh, be ready to, you know, tune in uh, and hear from uh, – think I can speak for me and Matt that we would both say is a legend in his own rights. Yep. Uh who definitely needs no introduction. Uh but y'all know we're gonna introduce him anyway when that time comes. But uh show um other than that man like I said we're gonna get ready to wrap this thing up. Uh this has been episode 48 pain pills. Yes sir before we go I'm gonna let you hear from one of our sponsors. <laughs> Yo, we back for another episode of Sticks and Stones. This episode is brought to you by Chaz Fade from none other than my homie Chaz A. McCaskill, licensed master barber located at Enhanced Barbershop, 2317 West University Drive, Suite 173, Den, Texas. Phone number 662-288-3692. Pull up on my guy, man. He'll get you right. Tell them sticks and stones sent you. Whether you want the waves, the fade, or edge up on the braids. Whether you got dreads, or you trying to switch it up because you're on the run from the feds. Go see my guy, man. He going to get you right. Doors open. Come in. Have a seat. Make an appointment. No line, no wait. VIP. Yeah, man. We out. Yeah. Get out of here, we.
You did. Listen, uh, check again as I smashed down memory lane. I forgot a lot, but I remember your pain. I don't remember them hoes. I couldn't tell you their name. I gave you every reason to leave, but still you remain. I should be ashamed, but I'm more impressed by what we became. I still remember when your parents didn't care for Jermaine. Look at us now. Exceeding expectations is an understatement. Despite embarrassment, I called you with my engagements. I moved to Georgia while you was in Memphis. Back and forth on 7 to 8 like I'm playing tennis. Found out that you was pregnant and had to make some decisions. Meanwhile, I was young, dumb, and afraid of commitment. Found myself chasing money, followed by a few bitches, which later became my very own bane of existence. Separated, but they say the hard grow funded with this. Personal trainer, how you build my strength through resistance. I want to say I'm sorry for parts of your heart that was broken. My apologies for the problems and lack of emotion. Selfish approaches, romantically hopeless, but we stay.